in Harrisonville, Missouri, just south of here, a little country hillbilly kid. I played sports, I was kind of a normal jock kid, and uh, I ended up going to Rolla, Missouri to be an industrial engineer. After college, I took a few jobs around the country and ended up working at Ford here in Kansas City as a process engineer. Well, a process engineer, maintenance supervisor, production supervisor, I've moved around a lot. Yes. It was weird. Um, I hated it. Um, I worked seven days a week. I had an asshole. Uh, can I cuss? No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Feel free. I, I had an asshole for a boss and I couldn't put up with it. So I kind of freaked out and I quit and I uh, traveled the globe for a couple years. And uh, when I was living over in Prague in the Czech Republic, I made uh, frequent trips down to Budapest. Mm because I love the bar scene down there. Budapest had the coolest bars. They had, um, they, they were called room bars. And basically they had these old tenement houses where um, they basically kind of just pulled everything out and then let like the local art kids come in and make them dirty and weird and throw just random junk up there. They have like uh, trash days where they throw all their trash out in the street and then have the city come pick it up. And so the art kids would just go through the streets and pick up odd ends, you know, that people were throwing out and then hang it up on the wall and make it look all funky. And so I wanted to do something similar. Uh, so I called it Ruins Pub. Um, and I, I just went to random auctions and Craigslist and, uh, garage sales and random junk like that because I was I was very bootstrapped at the beginning <laughs> so this is this is kind of um, me putting all this weird stuff together and I've always been obsessed with beer and um, when I was in Prague they had a, a bar called the pub mm -hmm. and um, they had self-pour beer and you could pour it yourself at the table and uh, they only served one beer Pilsner or Quell because it's it's Czech that's like Oh yeah, that's their period. <laughs> you know? So uh, I love the concept. I didn't like the concept, as in you can only pour one beer. I thought craft beer was an amazing scene over here that I've always loved. I try to do home brewing, so I've been obsessed with it my whole, like entire life. I got in trouble all the time in high school for drinking too much. Uh, so it, it was a perfect fit, and I wanted the variety. So I put the self pour with a variety of uh, different beers and put it together with my Ruins Pub theme and. Um, and here yeah, I am, two I years come. later. Nice, congratulations. What about uh, your experience in Budapest? Well, just, just traveling shaped your outlook for the future when you came back to Kansas City. Like, what were you expecting? What, what did you anticipate? And how did you find this space, this wonderful space that we're in? <laughs> well, I shopped around a lot. Um, I honestly didn't want this spot. I wanted one of the older spots over by kind of like grinders where, sure. where you have like those old brick buildings. Yeah. And, because I, I, I wanted it to look like the places over there where it's old and crumbling, but 
as kind of a young hippie kid without a whole lot of money I had to take what I could get and for some reason the owner of this building took a chance on me and so I kind of fell into this spot but what I loved about the bars was just like how crafty it was and how different it was it over here like um dive bars are pretty popular you, you can go anywhere and see a dive bar where they they kind of have the same concept as me. They, they put cheap crap up on the wall and try to make it look funky. But It works here, though. <laughs> yeah, but um, most dive bars kind of focus on like an Americana kind of look, like old like license plates and yeah. things like that. I wanted mine to be more artistic-centric, where uh, it kind of... Like an acid trip gone bad. <laughs> it's like what I always like to think of. Okay. It's just uh, super weird. I've always been obsessed with like um, Hunter S. Thompson and Gonzo. Okay. And just super weird where you kind of uh, take something normal, like normal reality, and then you just put a different twist on it. Okay. And so I, I love how the Kansas City Art Institute and Kansas City just in general has just this really weird scene where we do some neat stuff and I don't think it gets out there enough so I wanted to kind of make it more accessible the the weirdness that is Kansas City. Yeah. This is this is the type of like intersection that I feel Kansas City should be like should be known for. Yeah. What was the atmosphere when you first started out as an entrepreneur? Did you have any previous experience that made um opening Ruins Pub um, a breeze or how? No, like... no, it definitely was not a breeze. My engineering background lends itself to some of like the managerial aspects, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I've always worked with numbers and I was a, a huge nerd, you know, I did spreadsheets and formulas all day. <laughs> so that, that, side I, I, that, that side came easy to me. Um, the entrepreneurial aspect was something completely new as far as like coming up with the idea and knowing what I wanted that I mean that's just like in you I mean that's your idea that's your baby um, how to actually implement it was completely foreign and um, I had to just pound the pavement I asked everyone I could talk to how they did this what they did about that so like my brother he owns a business so down in Harrisonville I asked him a bunch of questions I came up here I got a a business mentor through like a score. Um, I, I I went to the library a lot and read up. Found a lawyer up here that knew how to do all the liquor stuff and paid him a bunch of money. And then, yeah, I, I just asked a bunch of questions from a bunch of different people because I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, and then for kind of like the bar and restaurant side, um, I hired a friend to help me that has ran a restaurant out in uh, North Carolina. The, the restaurant side has been the hardest. Um, that, that's a world I knew nothing about. I, I've always kind of been a foodie and I've always loved beer. Yeah. But I've never worked on the kind of the, the commercial side of it. Yeah. So all that stuff's been fairly new and uh, I'm still learning every single day how to keep up with all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, now I, I've got people that kind of help me in that arena. So mostly it's just been, I've been lucky enough to find the right people to help me out at the right time in the right way, you know? Because yeah. I, I don't think there's any single person that knows how to do all the stuff that needs to be done to open a business. That's so I, I've been lucky enough to yeah. find the right people to help me. Yeah, what would you say has been the most rewarding aspect about dealing with that kind of adversity and sort of fish out of water? Getting it open, man. <laughs> that was the most, when I first opened, it was, Okay, so we had a soft opening, uh, and the soft opening was just family and friends. So, you know, I got 
a lot of constructive criticism, but at the same time, everyone's like, oh, we love the idea, it's so great, and that was just the coolest thing ever, you know? And then you have your grand opening, yeah. and our grand opening was just <laughs> awful. It was so terrible. My kitchen manager freaked out. We had some, uh, our POS, which is like the little system you yeah. put all your stuff in. Want to say uh, Yeah, it, it went haywire, so it wasn't printing, and we lost a bunch of tickets, and it was our very first grand opening, and we were slammed at lunch, and people were waiting like an hour on their food. It was so awful. And so that's when like the reality sets in. Like this is a this is a business, and yeah. if you don't suck it up and do what you need to do, you're gonna get your teeth kicked in. Oh, yeah. So it, it goes from like you work your ass off to get it open, and you freak out because you don't know if it's ever gonna happen, and then you have all these supportive people come in, and they're like, "Oh, it's so great!" And so you're just like on cloud nine. Yeah. And then the reality sets in. You're like, "This isn't just a dream. This is my new job. This is what needs to be done." And then the, that reality is just a cold. Yep. She's a cold mistress, that one. <laughs> so she, she really put me back in my place to say, you know, like, this isn't just a dream come true. This is something you're going to have to work for. And so it, it's been a blessing and a curse because seeing your baby out there and people yeah. like it, yeah. like, that's the most amazing feeling in the world. Just uh, when people come in and you can see them pointing at the weird things on the wall and laughing and, or seeing them try a bunch of different beers and debate about which one they like the best. I guess the best feeling in the world. Now let's talk about the beers, though. How did you how did you find so many beers? Um, but also, how did how how did you decide like the system that would be in place for people pouring their own? Because uh, yours is yours is pretty unique, I think, to Kansas City in itself. Yeah, we we were for, we were the first ones in Kansas City to have uh, self poured beer. Argosy Casino just opened another one, but it's not nearly as cool. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Way to go. It, they were lucky. They, they installed theirs, and they did it in an illegal way, but they were lucky enough to have millions of dollars to, yeah. go, to DC, or go to Jefferson City and get the law changed, which I had to fight tooth and nail to get mine open. America. Um, yeah, America. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the land of the free. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I... I I, I saw craft beer was like the new in vogue thing and everyone had a million taps. You go to a bar and they brag like, oh, we got 60 taps. Well, that's awesome. But like, how, how, does, that, how does that help you? you yeah. You're not going to go there and try all 60 taps. So what do you care? And you go to a place that has good beer. Like, that's what I would do. I'd go to like the little small ones that like focused on craft beer and they'd have like 10 taps, but they'd have funky, weird stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So having the number doesn't help anyone because it's not accessible and I thought with the, this technology it would make it accessible to where like most bars will give you like two or three free samples yeah. you know um, and then be like okay and now money and yeah now money so this way you can have as many samples as you want and you still have to pay a little bit but yeah. you know most of them are between like 26 cents an ounce and like 50 cents an ounce for like really good beers you yeah. know so it, it, you can sample more and you pay pennies for it, and it's just the best way to try different beers. And with how many craft breweries are coming out and the different kinds of beers, it's impossible to stay uh, up to date with all the different beers coming out unless you're like in the industry. Yeah. So this is kind of a way for non-industry people to come in and sample all these different beers instead of saying, oh, they have 60 beers on tap, but I'm only gonna try one or two. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm getting hammered. Yeah. Like, 
here you can try all these different beers without walking out slurring drunk. Yeah. During, well, at least you don't want to do that at like four in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think it's just a way more responsible way of trying all these beers without, you know, being that idiot at the bar. Yeah. Because quality over over quantity, but at the same time, it, it, it does really feel like a place where people can come in and have a conversation about the beer that they're trying. Yeah. As opposed to... Like sort of it being this very systematic um, experience of this is what you get, this is what you get, this is what you get, and yeah. you have to know like what you're talking about and yeah. ask the right questions in order to find out what beer you like. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, all the sales people, they're all you know certified cicerones. They're they know beer inside and out, and they'll describe all these different beers to you. And if you go to a beer bar, the bartender can probably describe the different beers to you. But that that doesn't actually ingrain that in your head you know so this allows people to make their own decisions make their own biases on what they like and what they don't like without some you know person that you don't necessarily know or understand how they taste things or what they like and don't like yeah you you don't let that impart on your opinion of the beer you go out there and you, you find the beers that you like and it's like kind of an immersive uh thing where you get to do it with your friends so it's uh it's more social in that respect. I, I saw a lot of articles about um, states not wanting to make this legal because they like the camaraderie yeah. between you and a bartender sitting yeah. down there, like a cheers kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I completely love that, and we, we have that here too, but I think if you want to find what you like, you can't have someone else tell you what you like and what you don't like. That's insane. I don't care if you went to school to be a Cicerone yeah. or you're some sophisticated, you have some sophisticated <laughs> palate. Yeah. You know, shut up. Does, do you like the beer? That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter what some expert rates it on untapped or whatever. Like none of that matters. It just matters if you like it. Yeah. And you're, I, you're in a very, you're in a very good spot for it with not only just the city itself, but like the show me state like kind of mentality <laughs> i never uh, thought of that that's so true yeah show me the beer man yeah um so yeah no okay so beyond so beyond the beer you like you do have a functioning bar what um what what sort of went into deciding um uh, what type of what type of service people would be receiving there in addition to the uh, feature of being able to pour your own <laughs> like how, yeah. how were you able to make those two things balance instead of having like bartenders you know, competing for attention you know if you have a good idea you let me know that's a constant battle we i don't know i don't know the right answer to that um, well, that's okay it, that's a that's a learning aspect because I, I mean i don't know the right answer um because like i said i i love like the cheers atmosphere too i love everyone just sitting down and chilling at a bar and having conversations um so, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I guess the most important thing is to have, like, charismatic, fun bartenders that um, know how to make drinks. Yeah. I mean, because personally, that's all I care about is the conversation that you get from it. I, 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 wrote, I wrote an article for someone. I, I said I wanted to take social media back to people because it, it, it feels it, very corporate. It bugs me, man, when everyone, when I walk out on the floor and I see everyone on their phones. I want people to sit down and actually have conversations and talk with people and actually interact, yeah. which I think is great for the beer wall because it makes it people interact. Yeah. And so 
It's, if I have a, a boring bartender that doesn't know how to hold a conversation, but what do you knows do? how to make a fantastic like yeah. this or that. Yeah, so like, I don't want him to be stuffy and weird. I just want him to like you know chill and hang out with yeah. the people, you know. Yeah. Because I, if you get bored, what do you do? You play on your phone because I it's mean, there. It, it's a freaking addiction. So I want, I want to break people from that addiction and get them back in the real world. Yeah. Now, do you have any people that inspire you, or any people? that you feel have sort of inspired how you interact with people, how you bring this business to people, like how... Great. My dad is my inspiration. My, my dad, he's just like the coolest dude. He's, he's super hardworking. He, he's a hillbilly kid too, but he worked in the city, so he has like both perspectives. And just talking to him, he's the most laid back, easy to talk to kind of person. But as soon as you start working with him, like he turns into a jerk. Like he wants it done, he wants it done fast, he wants it done right. And he he always kind of instilled that kind of work hard, kind of play hard, <laughs> like yeah. enjoy life. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you have to get your uh, hands dirty and shut up and get to work kind yeah. of mentality. And I've always kind of loved that. Like he has that kind of old school mentality. Just like. And I, I, I respect that so much. And he has, he knows so much about all kinds of weird crap. Like, I have stuff break here all the time. And I, I always have to call him up and ask for his advice. He knows, like, he helped me plumb my kitchen when I had the massive leak. And he helped me build that table. These booths, he built those. Hey. Uh, well, he built the, the wood part. We had some Amish guy from down in Warsaw build, do the leather. But. Nice. So he, he knows all these people that can do all these things for cheap because he, he's just been around that game forever. Those old school farmers, they know how to get good deals and get things done. So yeah. he's been that crafty, smart, savvy kind of side that I, I've really respected. That means that you have your, your customers, not more than just your customers, you have your community invested in this building as well like to hear to hear that you've got um other people from like from different uh different generations different types of environments economic standing and whatnot contributing into this place i i didn't even i didn't even realize that that was something that was happening like because you know when you go into a bar and you're like okay i know that if i go to this bar in a different city i'll find the exact same thing or, or more than just a bar more than just, like just a restaurant in a general yeah um that's that's a, that's really fascinating. I've I've had so much help from friends and family. Um, my like my, I said, my dad helped me with those booths. Um, me and my godfather uh, did all the tables together. Um, me and my mom did a lot of the shopping. My my mom helped me paint a bunch of stuff around here. Um, when I first got the place, all my friends helped me tear all the crap out of here. Um, one of my friends is like a blogger slash artist slash project manager. She's one of those people. But she helped me do some of the, the weird artwork up front. Me and like my best friend, we just kind of sat out in the front and thought of ideas and searched through Craigslist to yeah. see what kind of weird stuff we could put in weird places because we didn't have a plan, you know. And none of that would have been done if I didn't have just time to sit there and hang out with my friends and family and think of weird stuff and then you know 
once we finally thought of something cool, getting our hands dirty, yeah. you know? So w- without that, I never would have got anything. I couldn't have afforded to pay people to do that because it was more of a creative process than just a knock-it-out kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I had my old high school friends uh, pour the concrete. I had a different high school friend help me cut out the walls for the uh, garage doors. Um, a lot of my friends friends from high school their artworks hanging up uh, i had a cousin do some of the artwork for some of the tables um and then uh, i got integrated with kind of like the local graffiti uh scene so a lot of the graffiti guys will come in and just do whatever the hell they want sometimes without asking <laughs> and so it, it yeah it is kind of a, a bunch of friends just kind of doing stuff i'll help them out where i can they help me out when they can and it's just kind of a it's a cool thing that I never would have succeeded without those people nice. helping me. Nice, and you and you and you seem to be doing pretty well. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this place uh, develops over the course of the next few years. Um, now, uh, especially with how like the city is evolving, it's sort of like waking up, but not at the same time. There's a lot of interesting stuff under development here. Now, can you describe like your average work day? And then sort of, and then sort of um, explain how it's changed from when you first started, if it has. Um, now my workday, I, I couldn't tell you uh, the, my average workday. It changes all the time because I'm kind of like in a different phase where I'm going from like always hands-on to trying to expand and do new things. Hmm. So when I think you do that, you, you're kind of lost and confused. So you kind of throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks. Well, I'm still throwing things at the wall. So I, I, I don't know for sure. I, I usually, the, a general day, I, I usually uh, wake up, you know, really early, usually around like six or seven, and I'll, I'll work out for a little bit, and then I'll usually read or study something. Yeah. And um, then I usually come in and knock out all my administrative stuff. And then, like, around lunchtime is usually when that's finished, so I'll, I'll kind of watch the floor and make sure everyone's ready. And then later in the day, it's kind of meetings or uh, working on new projects or figuring something out. And then I, I usually just play on my computer trying to figure out what I'm going to do until, you know, 7 o'clock where I'll go for another jog or do another workout and then chill after that. Okay. Before that, when I first opened, Jesus, it was, I, I slept, I had a really, I didn't have these boots back here, I had a couch back here, and I would come in at, you know, 8, 9 in the morning every day, and make sure we were up and running, because I didn't have a good manager at the time, and so I worked the floor until about 3, then I'd come back here and take a, a, a nap or something, and then I'd go back out on the floor just before dinner time, and I'd stay until closing, which is you know one thirty in the morning. Yeah. So I was literally here all day, every day for like a good year, and it was a total burnout. <laughs> I, I felt like I was gonna die. I was turned into a zombie. So I'm glad that part's over. I can like finally think again and like have a life somewhat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know my average. It's who the hell knows. All right. <laughs> no, what, what, yeah, work in progress. Um, so then, what 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 would you say your goals are for the future? Not only as a businessman and with this and with Ruins Pub, but um, just as a Kansas City and as someone living and experiencing and working in this environment. Well, see, I 
I told you kind of the inspiration for this was me quitting my job at four because I hated the like, kind of corporate life. Yeah. So it's, now, it literally says that on the menu. Like there's a little blurb yeah. about him that says specifically hated corporate life. <laughs> yeah. No, I hate the rigidity of it. I hate uh, people that don't necessarily know more than I do dictating to me how something should be done. Like give me some leeway. And so I, I've been working nonstop. And now that I'm finally getting a life, I, I want to stick to things that I love to do and that I like to do and that I find inspiration in. Um, I don't want to sit here and, you know, come in early to clean toilets or, <laughs> like, like I, I was doing all these things that I, uh, I've worked so hard in my life to, I still want to work hands-on and do uh, projects and stuff, but I, I want to focus more on the things that I love to do that I find, that I wake up in the morning I'm, like, excited about, you know? Yeah. When, when you When you wake up... At uh, on your your third month, like nonstop working every single day, and you have to wake up on a Sunday morning at six in the morning to go do plumbing. Yeah, which you've done like the last <laughs> uh, four times that you've been there. Yeah. yeah, and it's just nonstop, and it and I'm finally getting to the point where all that stuff's handled, and I can focus on the things I love. So uh, whatever. Like I said, I'm throwing things at the wall to see what it is that I love since I haven't had hobbies or a life in such a long time. I'm trying to figure that out. So, uh, yeah, I want to do things that interest me again. Like opening this bar was the most fun I've ever had. Making it, keeping it running is a chore sometimes. But yeah. doing the little fun projects like hanging these paintings, figuring out where those things would look cool. Yeah. Like, dude, I find, I think that's so much fun. And like... Uh, I find, I, I, I find random electronics like I helped my buddy tear out his uh, apartment and or tear out his house that he's renovating he had a bunch of like old projectors so I I stole all the old projectors and I put them <laughs> up on the wall like I love just finding random junk from helping people out and putting it up like it's such a weird thing but it's cathartic to me right. we're gonna take a break and I mean for the people who are listening you won't notice the break unless I decide to put some music in there probably won't and we'll pick this up in a moment and we're back and this is uh, I'd like to start off by saying that this is my first time drinking black coffee ever seriously it, yes it, it makes me feel like an adult, but at the same time, I know that when I go home, that this is going—it's going to be an interesting experience. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be really excited about cleaning. Yeah, here. you're going to be bouncing off the wall, man. I Welcome are, to adulting. Thank you. <laughs> I—I would love for there to be like a brochure, some sort of thing in place that helps people understand how not to not adult. Or, well, actually, that's kind of what I wanted to do with this podcast. Sort of be like, yeah. and this is how I'm struggling, and here's what you've, and here's what I learned from it. Dude, it's good to adult from time <laughs> to time. It's mass confusion and caffeine jitters. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. So here, what, what, uh, what, what, what were we last talking about? It was, um, it was, oh. it was your goals for I, it was something important. I think something important. Was it important? <laughs> It was an adult conversation, <laughs> I believe. Absolutely. Um, well, here, let's talk about okay. Kansas City for, uh, for just a little bit. What is, uh, what, uh, actually, let's go to your, to your beers. What are your favorite beers that you have on, your favorite craft beers that you have available to pour? Oh, man. Um, Torn Label, I have a soft spot for Torn Label. Mm -hmm. um, they do some really neat stuff. They're, 
they they either make like a really really great beer or like just above average kind of beer. Mm-hmm. So so they're either okay or amazing. Mm-hmm. Like so they're awesome. I love Torn Label. Um, Cinder Block would be like my drinking beer, mm-hmm. like Northtown Native. That that'd be like a summer like pound it kind of beer. And then Crane does super funky stuff. I love Crane. If you're one to like beer nerd out. That's our beer nerd brewery right there. Okay. Crane's awesome. And Crane is, is it local or is it just sort of? It's in Grandview. Grandview. So that's I consider them local. I went and I viewed their brewery. Man, that, it's, they know what they're doing. They're pros. They're, they have a lot of expertise and they really know what they're doing. They're, they bring a whole new art form to brewing. It's, it's impressive to see. And then Stockyards, they're the new kids on the block and they come up here all the time. They're, I love that they turn that old building into a brewery it's cool <laughs> seeing the old timely features of kansas city and recognizing our history yeah and so that's really neat i'm, I'm super happy they're at where they're at and they're doing what they're doing nice. and then um oh shoot uh martin city i have a soft spot for martin city that's my my brother's drinking hole he, he gets drunk there every thursday <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of an alcoholic. Well, no, that's a good schedule to have, though. Like, yeah, that's his, that's his drinking day, is what oh, he says. Okay. you got to have a drinking day. Absolutely, because otherwise, how do you get through the week? Yeah. You, you shouldn't <laughs> adult more than six days a week, is what I heard. Yeah, you need, this, you need the day of Sabbath to get <laughs> fucked up as much as possible. There's rules to live by, all right? <laughs> so here, if you were to create a slogan for your life, what would it be? Oh God! You're putting me on the spot. A slogan for my life. A slogan for my life. Um, man, just that's tough, man. What's your slogan? Mine you is do no harm and take no shit. That's where I'm at right now. That's awesome. Um, what made you come up with that? I, I, I kind of like how it sounds like it would be Latin. Like, <laughs> It'd be a good bumper sticker. I could see people driving around with that as a bumper sticker. But um, yeah, I'm real. I really want to be able to help connect people to resources, education, care that they need, um, which is part of what what uh, drives me in working with the Kansas City Care Clinic and uh, as a health educator for, um, for the youth, um, and also as a podcaster now, like making sure that people have um, some sort of positive type of reinforcement that tells them that where, wherever they're at is okay because that's what I have to keep telling myself every day. Like, the, what, what I'm doing is making baby steps towards what, where I'd like to be um, five years from now, 10 years from now. Um, yet at the same time, not letting anyone walk over me in the process, not being taken advantage of, and knowing how to, I, and knowing how to spot that so that I can, if, if, I'm, if I'm not directly confronting something, at least getting a conversation started about it so that their perspective changes. Um, cause I, we're in, we're in such an, it's such an interesting time to be alive right now, um, where everything's very like conflicting and polarizing and, um, contrary, uh, and life is from what I've, from what I've experienced, life is just too short for that. Mm. So I would, I would very much like to make sure that if, um, the people that I'm interacting with, I'm, I, we're engaged in something worth working towards, uh, and also just saying fuck it if if you're, <laughs> if you're not if you're not on board that's cool get out i love your life philosophy man i'm a fan thank you it, yeah. i'm glad that you had a long explanation gave me time to think 
<laughs> he's not listening. He's nodding because he's, he's, he's straight thought. I was totally doing the thing you're not supposed to do in conversations. I was just waiting for my turn to speak. Oh no, you're good. That's so, but but I, I was thinking about it. Uh, explore, explore. Um, I I think people don't explore enough. You're basically a child in this big world. There's so much things you don't know, and if if you don't put yourself out there and get outside your your comfort zone. You're always gonna be the same person. Like, what's the fun in that? Like, I think every day is lost unless you learn something new or you do something new or you push yourself in some form or fashion. So, uh, it, it, it bugs me that that's not everyone's kind of thing. Like, I put weird things on the menu when I first opened and no one ordered them. Mm. I was so angry because I, I thought people would want to explore new menu items. And that's why I like craft beer, you're always exploring new beers. That's why I quit my job to go travel the world because I wanted to explore new cultures and meet new people and see how other things, how things are done in other cultures and other places. So I, I, I think it's important to explore the world with an open mind and not um, jump to uh, conclusions. Like we think something's bad, but w- well, we don't know anything about it. Like, yeah. You know, other cultures, other people, that they do things that you think are weird and strange and you might judge them for it, for it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone just wants to be happy and, you know, enjoy life. So it's important to explore those things and see why they do those things differently or what you would consider to be weird. Yeah. You know, I, I, and you might learn something. You might find something out that changes your whole outlook on life. You never know. So I, I, I love to explore new things. I think everyone should try to explore new things every single day. Now, how would, how would you, or can you describe um, um, in dealing with a customer or in dealing with someone who is just sort of like unwilling to, um, unwilling to explore, unwilling to open up and unwilling to, um, or for, for whatever reason, unwilling to embrace this type of environment how do you deal with that as a business owner but also like as a person like fight or flight or or oh that's such a difficult question man there people are stuck in their ways you know especially after a certain age like they're not gonna want to do anything new you know we can't teach an old dog new tricks but i mean i don't know i i try to do the same thing with my parents and my dad's obsessed with the only thing he'll drink is bud light and I own a freaking craft beer bar. So <laughs> if I had a better, if, if I could convince him to drink craft beer, I would have a good answer for you. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do you explore new things every day? I mean. I try to. Um, I, I think it's a younger person thing. brings it to me. Yeah, I think it's a younger <laughs> person thing. Yeah. I think it's in our generation to be more open-minded and try and explore. Yeah. I think it's just uh, people that were born and grown up before the internet have yeah. problems with it. I don't know. Mm, okay, so actually, um, you just reminded me because I had a conversation with um, Ed uh, Edward Schmaltz of uh, Pond and Pint, where he said that um, basically generations—not generations, but mindsets—are cyclical and like contributed to generations. So, not our well, the generations that came before us sort of ex- were reacting to the progress and changes and exploration that was taking place, and it's now coming down to our generation and the generation that will follow <laughs> to like kickstart the next yeah. like series of events that yeah. will then determine like how people how people live 
what normal life becomes for the next like 80 years That's I think funny. me and my mom were just talking about that that's so funny my my mom's this huge hippie like huge hippie <laughs> and she is just so impressed with our generation she's she's you know when she was a hippie back in the day they had the kind of same mentality they wanted change the world make everyone peace and love and happiness and all that stuff but their way of doing it was you know tune in and tune out just you know uh go live out in the woods with a tent go live out in the woods with a tent i'm not a coffee drinker (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna need it and the thing that she loves about our generation is we're getting in and getting our hands dirty and trying to make the changes we want to be seen and I don't know. I'm a huge political guy, so I don't know if that's the reason for the rise of Trump. People are looking for a golden age when everyone fell in line and wore suits and uh, did what their dad did and had the same career for 30 years. Yeah. Well, the new world's not like that. Everything's changing and fluid and dynamic, and you got to learn to adapt or get left behind. Well, that's, so, I, I think that, that might actually... Um, be the fear. It's like the fear of being outdated, the fear of not being relevant. Yeah. And at the same time, seeing things change outside of your control, that after a certain point, like after a certain age, like you said, you, it's it's not something that you can like tolerate or not something that you can wrap your mind around. Um, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm confident that it's much more nuanced than that because people are constantly evolving whether they know it or not. Well, um, like I said, I, I think most people don't want to explore, so when they have in their face every single day, social media, which is an addiction. Uh, they see all these things that scare them because it's something they, they're not familiar with. It's not part of their lifestyle. It's someone else's lifestyle and it's being thrown in their face and it scares them that that's becoming kind of normalized, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm getting too deep here. Uh, uh, well, conversation this, for... Like, this, this is the rambling <laughs> of a political psycho nut. I don't know. Nah, that's all right. There's, there's, there's a lot of that taking place. I feel like that's... Um, that's that's one of the defining traits of our generation. It's it's a it's a demand it's a it's a demand for answers yet at the same time trying to find our own. Um, that I feel like is sort of one thing that people that that kind of don't understand. Like how how old are you? I'm 29. He's 29. And are you single? I am. Then anyone listening? Any cute ladies out there? Huh? S- send it in an application, but like, like use code. <laughs> Alrighty, now here, uh, yeah, you talked about you talked about um, the different like try like trying new food. How did you find? Because like, as the business owner and operator, you are sort of the, the resident sommelier um, oh, Jesus. of uh, <laughs> of of the beer. Very sophisticated palate. Oh, oh yeah. So how did how did you how were, like what was your process for finding foods that would pair with it? And then what foods can you can you tell us about? <laughs> well, since it's a, a a bar based on Budapest, we tried to do Hungarian food when we first. Started. I wanted to do a full Hungarian menu. Yeah. And uh, we decided to do, like, half Hungarian. And no one ordered the Hungarian stuff. Uh, So we pretty much took all that stuff off. Uh, Now we have Langosh, which is still Hungarian. Mm. It's kind of like a deep-fried pizza kind of deal. Uh, We love deep-fried here. (laughs) Yeah, this is the (laughs) land of deep-fried everything. Um, And then... I, I mean, I don't know. I, this is something I'm still learning because I don't understand people how they order things. And but we we this we're on our third uh, rendition of our menu. Our our first one was kind of like half ethnic, weird Hungarian stuff. The second one was kind of Central Eastern European stuff, uh, stroganoff, and then 
uh, since I lived in Prague, I had my favorite Prague dish on there. It's called Svichkova, but on the menu it's called braised beef and dumplings to make it palatable to uh, this, American-speaking... Because yeah. uh, <laughs> no American would be able to say Svichkova or read it. Yeah. And no one ordered it, so, you know, now the only really... Um, ethnic food that we have now is the langosh and the stroganoff but I mean stroganoff is pretty much an American dish now anyway um, so I mean I don't know I, I kind of veered away from it just from I, I have to make enough money to survive you yeah. know but yeah, it, it, it didn't work uh, people didn't want Hungarian Eastern European food so. yet yet I might be missing the market somehow. Am I? <laughs> it might, well, you might just be early. I might not be the on game. the pulse. I don't know. Uh, but people, people didn't want to explore. They, they didn't want to try it. And um, you, you got to give the people what they want. I feel know? like I feel like first Fridays would be a good time to tr- like to introduce a new menu item. Yeah. Where where like where just people can come in and it's just like, yep, this is what we have. But here's the thing that's for you tonight only. Yeah. And then then you'll you might you might generate that kind of buzz around your business. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's important to kind of dip your toes in. Yeah. I think we went uh, too hard at the beginning, and and you're right that you kind of have to little bites at a time. Yeah. You know. Because that's that's how that's how things happen. Not yeah. all at once. Dude, just. Dude, we're we're a meat and potatoes <laughs> town, man. And I grew up meat and potatoes. I completely get it. When I go out, I my favorite thing is chicken fried steak and potatoes. So like, I mean, dude, I get it. Um, I'm just kind of an eclectic weirdo, and sometimes I lose the pulse of uh, the people coming here. And I screwed up and went too far off the boat there. Yeah, and now you've now you you've learned. From but it. if you ever see Svichkova on a menu, man, try, try it. it. Try it, man. Svichkova is the bomb. You like it? All right. It's a root vegetable puree with uh, braised beef and dumplings. Okay. Well, that sounds appetizing. So. I don't- most people don't say root vegetable puree it sounds appetizing, but it is. I think that just might also be where I'm working too. Yeah, you're, you're going vegan, man. Uh, no, I love bacon too much to go vegan. <laughs> you put bacon on anything, people will order it. That's true. Well, Dude, that's... We, we have a bacon wrapped corn dog now, and we're trying to get more bacon flavor into it. You'd be surprised how much bacon flavor gets lost with the cornmeal batter, IPA cornmeal batter. But, but just because it has bacon, people love it. That. It's funny. I love it. Is, <laughs> that is an interesting way to get people to try a, a beer, like beer battered corn dog. Yeah. Because, uh, well, I mean, that exists, but wow. We put a lot of work into our corn dog, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> it's not just uh, out of the freezer, man. It's a lot of work. Yeah, that's the that's kind of ballpark food that like people in yeah. this area love. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you're exploring without exploring. Yeah. You know? It, it gives them a, a new take on a very familiar uh, staple. That might be... Slow dipping their toes, man. Yeah. I'm going to make Kansas City weird, I'm telling you. Oh, it, it'll be... Yeah, it's happening. That's, that's going to be interesting. Now, okay, so here, random <laughs> question. If you were a mythical creature, what would you be and why? Oh God! You asked the hardest, weirdest question. I try. That's oh, that's I try to. <laughs> I want. I'm like, what would Oprah be doing? And then just <laughs> and then just sort of add like a bunch of weird owl into that. <laughs> what the hell would I be? <laughs> you travel the world, so you you must know, or you might know. I don't know, I don't know man. I would be like a 
a weird troll like living <laughs> off in a mountain by myself like Sounds being like a super weird Sounds ideal. if you come close to me you have to like say a riddle to get by kind of person I just play with my book like read books up in a mountain and act like a crazy person making sp- spells and stuff that's um, kind of what I want to be doing when I'm, <laughs> when I'm retired yeah I'd like to uh, I think like a druid. Yeah. Be a druid. Okay. Uh, Roam in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> playing with mountain creatures. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, um, I think I would either be like some sort of like mis- mischievous like sprite or satyr or some sort of thing where it's just like anytime I show up people are just like, oh great. Either that or they're like, we're going to have a, such a good time now. <laughs> uh, that's, I kind of, I feel like those are the, those are the two poles that people, that I, that people are sort of like getting to with me um but yeah what, what what is that called is that is there a fairy tale creature that you're going after or um you're just gonna be like a, a weirdo that comes in and what kind of like okay is so there a name for this i think i feel like i feel like maybe maybe dionysus dionysus the um god of wine and madness oh okay but sort of like his posse right on <laughs> Okay. Where, it's, where it's just like if he, if he shows up, it's just like either things are about to get really good. What, what's the guy that's like a like a half a goat and he plays the harp or whatever? Do that's you know? um, Pan. 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 I that I I would be that part of. That sounds like Pan. I could be in your posse, dude. I could play the harp and be half goat. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude, we would be <laughs> <laughs> we'd be the party animals of ancient Greece. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then we probably, and then like after destroying a city, just like sort of <laughs> retreat to a cave and just be like, <sighs> Well, in ancient times you had to hoard and pillage and at some point, I mean, right? Yeah. We do it in a friendly, fun way though. Yeah. You I enjoy mean, we it. We mean I mean, about it. <laughs> and, you, and we would tell you off the bat, we're here to fuck shit up. Yeah. We're going to break something here somewhat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You're welcome. Do you have any wine on menu? <laughs> Yeah, we have some wine. We, okay. we hardly sell any wine. Okay. People don't go to beer bars to order wine. What was the last thing that I tried when I was here? I tried the like the pretzels with the um, with the it, it was like a it was like a cheese and then a beer something sauce. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Beer cheese sauce. I mean, that's what it is. That exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that thing that I can't remember to say. Yeah, beer um, cheese. Yeah. Beer cheese soup. Beer cheese soup. Yeah. That was another thing we had on the menu that no one ever bought. <laughs> What? What? Some don't... people love it. I don't like beer cheese soup. Have you ever had it? No. I don't think it's good. I'm a beer nerd, and I don't even like beer cheese soup. Well, the, I've I, never had a beer cheese soup. I like, like it... but my chef is convinced everyone would love beer cheese soup. It might catch on. Maybe if they like. Maybe if they make it for astronauts. I hope it does. It <laughs> comes out of a squeeze tube. People, people will eat it. Uh, okay. <laughs> now here's let's uh, spotlight on Kansas City for a little bit. Where outside of here. Um, is your favorite place to get a beer? Outside of Kansas City? Outside of where we are. Oh, outside of Ruins. Um, it has to be in Kansas City? It doesn't have to be in Kansas City because you know more about the... Dude, have you ever made it up to Weston? Weston has a really cool brewery up there. Hmm. Weston's really neat. Um, do they have vineyards out there too? They have vineyards. I feel like they have distilleries. On my, my bucket list of Kansas City places. Well, not... Dude, Weston's so cool. It's just such a... It's an old, small, little river town, and they have just the coolest stuff. And you got to go up to the Western Brewery, check out the, their basement. Okay. They have like a bar, like in an old wine. I think it was a wine cellar. In this old wine cellar, two floors down, 
and it's just the neatest place. They always have traditional um, Irish bands up there playing, and uh, the guys that like live up there will go and hang out there, and they'll all have like their moment to sing. So it's kind of like an interactive performance. It's neat, man. That would be my favorite. And then in Kansas City itself, um, there's a bar in uh, the West Bottoms that I think is pretty cool called The Ship. Okay. Yes! Everyone should... Well, actually, no one should go to The Ship. If you hear this, don't go to The Ship. I like that it's <laughs> empty when I go there. Don't ruin it. But for The Ship's behalf, I kind of hope you go because Keep the great bar, great people... Don't make it trendy. Yeah, just... Yeah. I don't want to see a bunch of... We, you can be trendy here. Yeah, but don't... Tri- spend your money here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, check out the ship from time to time. Okay. Just don't make it cool. Yeah. Because when it gets popular, cool. it's not cool. Yeah. Know? And then other than that, I, I love Grinders. Grinders is neat. Um, if you want a cocktail, man, Tomstown. I freaking loves Tomstown and Green Lady Lounge. Yes. In the Phoenix. I love... Uh, I need love, to, I need to go to half the, like at least half. I like the old jazz bars here, so I think I think we sometimes you kind of lose um, the history of a city, mm-hmm. and our history is jazz and barbecue. Yeah, and I, I, I it's awesome to see the Green Lady Lounge just killing it because they deserve it, man. They, they at this they're going to be an institution. I mean they. They're setting a standard, really. It's, it's a beautiful place. They make great cocktails. They have a great ambiance, and they always have great music. And it's live, j- live jazz every night. And it's Kansas City history, man. We can't yeah. lose that. I, I hope we never lose our jazz history. It's it's something that made Kansas City amazing. And so, yeah, I love that place. Yeah, make Kansas City great <laughs> again. <Or>, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I like. I feel hashtag like, MAGA. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> I feel like I feel like one one of my goals would be to well if, well if I well actually okay so here I'll make this a question for you if you could travel back to any time period where when would you go? Dude, I'm a hippie. The seventies. Okay. I I would have loved to have been in the seventies. Um, I I think that would be the only other time period. I, I I would still probably pick now. I mean now is. We have so many amazing things happening right now, and I, I wouldn't change my life or when I'm living it for anything. Yeah. But if I, w- if I had to change... If you could visit, if you could be a tourist. Oh, well, if I could be a tourist, yeah. man, I would go to like medieval times <laughs> just to see the archaic craziness and the uh, massive hordes of armies. And I, I, I'm obsessed with history, so like all that stuff would have been really cool medieval times. But uh, if I wanted, if I had to go somewhere to live, seventies yeah. for sure. I think that if but I had, a... I, I would love to have been like a knight or something. Okay, you know what I mean. Uh, Speaking you... of mythical creatures, I would go and slay dragons and because they did that. That's a it's fact. That's a fact. Alternative fact. Alternative <laughs> fact. <laughs> I, th- I mean, you would be you. You could be a knight too. I could see you being a knight. If they, if as long as they didn't see my face, then yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably end up being like a scribe or a squire, which is okay. But yeah, look at my painting, man. I love scribes. And <laughs> I think if, if I could, if I could go back to a different time period to live, I would choose the Roaring Twenties, just to sort of observe. Well, like more, more still scholarly, but I would, I would want to like explore life then with the knowledge that I know now, and sort yeah. of. Be, and sort of like just leave cryptic clues for my for yeah. my descendants. Be like, yeah. invest in this shit before it happens. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like, like that 
Hot tub time machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that the second one or the first one? Uh, that's the second one. Yeah, he, that was the second one. I just watched When he's just a rich one. asshole. <laughs> uh, but no, like sort of, sort of, um, I really do love the speakeasy, like um, jazz nightclub lounge type of vibe. And that's the type of business. If I were to start one, I would want to put, I mm. would want to bring that back. So I would want to get firsthand experience. Yeah. Um, although if I were a tourist, I'd pretty much go like to the library of Alexandria and be like, I'm going to just save all this shit before it burns. And uh, <laughs> sort of bring it back. Or I'd or go to biblical times and be like, fact, Jesus said, y'all need to fucking chill with using his name on everything. Like, no, dude's not okay. With all of this, the Templars need to just chill. Yep. <laughs> yep. Or at least be able, like, maybe not to them, but come back and be like, okay, here's what you guys are getting wrong. Yeah. And you, then, you'd uh, be the worst tourist. <laughs> I would. I don't you'd, even you'd know. You'd be how. killed so fast? I, basically, yes. <laughs> I would, I would probably blend in better in biblical times than I would in any other... Actually, I'd have to cut my hair. You, you could be a famous martyr in history if... <laughs> and that's romantic. That's a wonderful notion. Yeah. People would have you no idea have... where I showed up in my genealogy. Maybe I... Would I be... Oh, I'd need to take condoms. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know what they would have. I don't think we'd be here. <laughs> we'd pro- no, we'd probably live longer than them. They, we... Oh... We, would we be gods? No. Do they have condoms back then? Did they? Yeah. They use uh, they use the she- they use the sheep intestines. I, I swear. Well, maybe not back then, but like like British uh, rich people back in the day used uh, sheepskin or they, sheep uh, intestines. Were they also, also like huffing lead? Oh, they probably did all kinds of stupid stuff. See, that's the type of craziness that I would like to see. <laughs> that's the type of someone. If you're gonna if you're gonna write a play. Do it about aristocracy getting hammered. <laughs> Please do that. That's exactly what I'm into. No, dude, but I, I, I agree with you about, like, 20 Prohibition time. Yeah. That would have been a cool time to go to just to see all the gangster, uh, how, how they just ran cities. Like, the stories of Pendergast and all the gangster stuff that used to happen around the city is... So freaking interesting. And a lot of people don't know about it. Oh. Anytime I'm in Union Station, I'm thinking of the massacre. And, like, I'm like, okay, now what was happening back then? Yeah. While these people were just, like, making headlines and shit. That's what I'd want to... And it's all because people wanted to drink booze, man. Can you imagine? It would have been such a different, interesting time where everything's underground and weird and you have to know the right people and the, the right code word to get into the cool speakeasy. That sounds exactly like what I would want my uh please bring that back let's bring right that'd be cool (sighs) minus the shootings and killings and i mean all the bad parts that still happens that's just sort of like a timeless that's one of those charming things about people that's charming (laughs) about america we all have guns and shoot people it's awesome well it's not just america but we're known for we did it first the best we did it the best we are the most gangster country in the world (laughs) don't forget it oh fucking god Now here, what are what are th- what are three misconceptions about you that you would that you feel that you'd want to address or like if you know if you know of any? <laughs> the three, I I like, know one misconception that I get all the time that is annoying is people think you're some uh, rich hotshot living like on a you know the top I, of some tower with I, a beautiful you know. View yeah, and you just live the dream. Skyline. Yeah, no, it, and my life is definitely not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I work all the time. I am here working on plumbing issues and 
doing all kinds of dirty work that I can't uh, necessarily afford to pay other people to do. So it's it's not some glamorous lifestyle. I I, I would think that'd be my biggest um, misconception. Everyone thinks you're just rich and you don't have to necessarily do anything because you don't have a boss and stuff. It's not like that. You have a million bosses now. Every yeah. every customer you get is kind of a boss. Determining your future. Yeah. So if if you let them down, you you kind of destroying your future. So I don't know about two other misconceptions. Well, how about, how about as as a, as a part of the the millennial generation? Well, people uh, they usually think I'm uh, a business owner is some guy wearing a suit that knows everything. Um, I'm just a stupid hippie kid uh, learning as I go. I mean, just like you, man, I'm just trying to find my way. Yeah. So that's a misconception. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Uh, I'm, and that's perfectly I, I'm assuming fine, everyone is like that. Yeah, no one knows exactly what the hell they're doing. So to think that uh, I am like a bar or hospitality industry know-it-all or entrepreneur know-it-all is not true. I, I opened a bar and I got lucky and um, I'm here because I found the right people to help me. If, if I didn't have those people, I never would have made it. And that's this one concert. great thing about Kansas City. Um, from every, everywhere else that I've been, it's sort of like sink or swim, but this place, the people here, I'm pretty sure it's, it's part of the, it's, it's something in the water. People. Kansas City's amazing in that, like, we have, like, a, a friendly competition. We're known for, yeah, it's like hospitality, it, but at the same time, like. Yeah, like, um, I, I've talked to a few uh, bar and restaurant owners around here, and distillery and brewery owners, and they're all willing to help you. They, they will go out of their way to help you, but they want to beat you. It you know what I mean? interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't want to dominate, like, but they... Beer Station is kind of like, um, they, they're always voted like one of the top beer bars in the nation, and they deserve it. They're awesome, and their owner is freaking awesome. I, like, I love Beer Station, but I want to beat them. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to be better than them in every single possible way, and um, I'm the new guy on the block, and they're, I, they're doing a great job, and so I, if he ever wanted help with anything, I'd love to help the guy out. But I still want to kick his ass. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. So it's friendly competition. I want to beat everyone in town, but at the same time, I don't want to like run them into the ground. I don't want them to run me into the ground. I I want everyone to help each other and make Kansas City amazing, because I mean everyone here is most of most of the people down here are great people. Like Kansas City has that midwestern hospitality everyone's super nice and smiles way too much and, and waves at you in traffic yeah Ugh. people are great man so it, you, you can still want to be the best and be ultra competitive and still not be an asshole yeah and Kansas City's great at that being super competitive without being assholes yeah, yeah. and I, I love that i don't know that's yeah. great how does how does it compare to other places that you've been to have you been the east coast jesus mm-hmm Oh man, they're <laughs> they talk too fast and they're jerks and no, I don't know. I don't. It it's never a good thing to overgeneralize any one well, or any even, place. Even more, but I, I grew up here, so I have a, a affinity for it. Yeah. You know, so it, it could be like this other place. I don't know. I've never opened a bar in another city. No, I mean like I mean globally, like other countries that you've been to. Oh how, Jesus! Like because I feel like with with how densely populated this melting pot of Kansas City is, the, like how does it how does it compare? Uh, so 
one thing I want to live vicariously through your world thing, travels. One thing we're really good at is showing that we're nice people by mm. smiling. You know, other places aren't like that. They think we're weird because we smile so much. Um, everyone in the world is pretty much just as nice as we are, or nicer, honestly. Um, but they don't smile or show it nearly as much. And so it's kind of, you've got to dig deeper to find it. Yeah. Uh, like in the Czech Republic, post-communist people, like you get on the subway and they just glare at you. Like, they, like the older generation in those post-Soviet places where they've seen legitimate hardships and crazy things happen. Man, they, they're stone cold, man. They, they've seen everything and they're not going to put up with anything and it's, it's a different mentality. And then, um, so the Czech Republic, um, I, I lived there for the longest. They're the nicest, coolest people, but when you first see them, you're like, man, this guy must be a jerk. Yeah. And then you talk to him and he's like the coolest person ever kind of thing. Yeah. Like they won't smile, but whenever you start talking to them, they're just like completely open-minded and cool different culture and then it's not necessary so i spent the most time there and then i spent some time in turkey man mm-hmm. and in a turkey not in a turkey i just wanted to make that joke N- no i i don't have salmonella <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude turkey is amazing turkey is such a cool place turkey was my favorite place to go what was it before was it burma or like i don't know i don't know uh, I, it's been i haven't thought about geography until oh shoot what was that the it was Ottoman Empire? Ottoman, thank you. Thank you, Yes. Kansas City Public School System. Ottoman Empire. I couldn't think of it either. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the Ottoman Empire. And, uh, dude, they have the, the coolest culture. Uh, it, it feels like you're back in medieval times because you'll be in, like, an old bazaar and you'll see people riding goats and donkeys and crap like that. Nice. And it's awesome. They have great food and they're super nice. And, I, I mean... They would literally give you the shirt off their back. They were the nicest people I've ever seen in my life. And it was terrifying at the time because I went down to, like, the Syrian border, like, during the whole ISIS thing. Yeah. So I thought I was going to get killed. And I remember getting off the at the train station waiting for the local bus, and no one down there spoke English. So we were trying to figure this out on our own, and it was a nightmare. And we finally found a local bus to take us into the town center. And we got on there, and there was a guy dressed like... You see, like, the propaganda videos of, like, the Muslim guy wearing, like, the, the black vest thing and then, like, the big white pants and then the, Tur- the yeah. yeah, the turban and, like, the black eyeliner. Yeah. And I got on that bus and this dude was just staring at me, like, glaring into my eyes. Didn't blink for, like, 30 minutes, I swear. And I was like, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of those hostage videos. <laughs> I'm going to get killed. And it turned out, just everyone down there, just the nicest people in the world. And we didn't have a single problem in the culture and history and the food and just everything about it was amazing. So you just got to break past the surface and get over your, what you've seen on, on the news for your whole life. Yeah. Got to desensitize yourself to what you've been conditioned to expect. Exactly. Because it's easy to overgeneralize an entire region or people. Especially yeah. if you don't know because yeah. you're not there. Yeah, exactly. But once you're there, uh, man, I, everyone was super nice. I got more free tea than I've ever everyone Mm. so much freaking tea down there Mm. that's my exact (laughs) kink dude Turkish tea's the bomb man with the little weird looking cup thingies and then you sit down and drink your tea and uh uh and uh smoke hookah it's awesome I love the culture down there and then I spent some I spent some time in India and 
India is a little too much for me, to be honest. Um, too many freaking people in too close of a proximity to yeah. each other yeah. <laughs> without any modern amenities. So it, it gets disgusting at times. Um, walking, if, if you want to be happy about your life and where you're at, walk through an Indian slum and it will give you perspective. And uh, you could be living in a shitty apartment here and you will think you're the luckiest person in the world. Uh, so Indian, India gave me so much perspective from the, just the poorest slum you've ever seen. People sleeping and die, literally dying on the street. It gives you perspective about life. And so that was awesome. Their food is freaking awesome. It, the way they cook it is disgusting. Like you'll be out on the street and there'll be some guy with no shoes on right next his feet right next to like where he's frying up your food uh-huh. and he's burning trash right next to it and there's you know some kid going to the bathroom right next to the trash can it's disgusting but the food's really good <laughs> that's it. it's that grit it's that little yeah. bit of <laughs> yeah that little bit of reality that just sort of makes it even more oh yeah oh yeah so you, you gotta explore man i'm telling you so that uh, and then I, I went to Malaysia and Thailand, and man, the best food in the world, gorgeous views. I mean, just the the nature down there is insane. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I kind of went to touristy areas, so they were when you go to touristy areas in like uh, cheaper places, they're bound to rip you off. <laughs> so I found a lot of heister type people there. But when you're just talking to the non-tourist people, they're super nice and awesome. Yeah. So, and then my girlfriend at the time was Korean, so I, I, I lived with her in Seoul for a while. And that was, uh, after being like India and poor parts of Thailand, you go to Korea and it's just like this massive city and it's technology and Sam- literally Samsung is everywhere. Huh. It's like their whole city is sponsored by Samsung. <laughs> And that was interesting to see, like, a super massive, dense, advanced city like that with the same kind of, uh, like, their markets and food places were super interesting. You know, you see live fish and kimchi and all kinds of weird fermenting stuff all over the place. It's a completely different food culture. And... I love Korean food too. I'm kind of I'm a fat kid. I love food everywhere. Just, that's sad. I, I wish that's I went somewhere. Great. No, you can't just say you love everything. Like, but it's God. It, if it's all good, it's all good. I know. That's why I'm a functioning alcoholic. But you gotta. Add, it, it adds perspective to like not like something. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. But it's, it's, it's kind of hard being a fat kid when I love everything. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you've ate? The weirdest thing that I've eaten. I I want to say. Um, fried alligator. What? That's fried alligator is good though. That I I didn't know what to expect. I, I'm trying to think if I've had anything other than that that was all that crazy. Um, no, I think that's I think that's it. That's my threshold, dude. Well, not my threshold. That's just the bar right now. In in Korea, I ate like a a live octopus tentacle. So it's like squirming around between your chopsticks. And then you put it in your mouth, and it literally, like, you got to chew it up before the suction cups Fuck get you. Fuck you the inside of your mouth. Yeah, dude, they'll stick to your cheek, and you got to, like, yank it off. Super weird. <sighs> really good. Explore? Really good? It tasted good? Uh, like, I mean... And this is, so, this is have, I mean, you've had, like, octopus sushi before, like... No? Man, 
You need to explore, bro. That's what I'm doing with this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we need to get you out. No, uh, man. It, it doesn't have much of a flavor, to be honest with you. It's just kind of like a fishy, grimy, or not grimy, uh, uh, slimy kind of thing. Mm. It, Yet satisfying? Dude, I liked it. I like weird stuff, man. Okay. What can I say? Huh. I, I guarantee you most people would hate it. Most people who weren't raised around it probably. It, I guarantee all my friends from here would hate it. Because it's weird, man. If if I hadn't been trained for two months in Thailand and Korea to build up to it, I would have freaked out and wouldn't have been able to eat it. <laughs> uh, like, if I tried it now, I probably wouldn't be able to. Mm. Oh, speaking of, um, to me, taking it back to misconceptions just for a moment, um, I'm actually, like, in this learning process of exploring Kansas City, building up knowledge so that I can destroy anyone I choose at any right time. On. Good. So people think I'm nice. I'm, I'm actually just, just... See, would have been a good night. Yep. I'm telling you. <laughs> now, how would that... Destroy. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be like the, the reclusive wizard that people are coming to, and I'm like, here's a random-ass quest just to get you out of my All right, and Gandalf. come back. Maybe not <laughs> that. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that All invested right. in anybody. I don't know. Get off your high horse there, Gandalf. Oh, he was riding eagles. <laughs> He rode a white horse too, and he, yeah, he, he did. when he saved the city from the works, he was a white horse man. He saved the city from. I need to rewatch. I need. I need to. He, he had the. He, that was when he wasn't. He was Gandalf the White, not the Gray. The Caucasian. And, and he came back as Gandalf the White with yeah. the big saber, and he was just like, and he shone the light, and yeah. apparently orcs are scared of lights or something. I don't know. I never read the books. I just watched the movie because I'm lazy. Ah <laughs> uh, no, the Tolkien verse. I need to get into that. Oh, um, so big. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no. Do you have, do you have any questions for me or anything that you would, l- dude? What's your favorite place in Kansas City? What's your favorite drink in home? Um, as of right now, I really like SOT. Okay, I've actually never been there. It's it's I I, I really it's fancy man. Yeah, I really like the atmosphere because the first time that I went in, I was like they're playing '90s like R&B slaps. There's Speed Racer on TV right now, and there's really? a and there's a wall of books. That I've been meaning to read, like they, like um, I just I went and grabbed and I sat down and I was like reading um, the not the Da Vinci Code. I think I was reading Angels and Demons. Okay. While yeah. waiting for like my lobster toast to come out, not lobster, um, crawfish toast, and I was just like, this is everything that I wanted at, at once. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like if there was a place and if this exists, please let me know. But I would love for there to be a place where I can go listen to maybe not cigar bar. And maybe not the Green Lady Lounge, but sort of like that speakeasy vibe. Yeah. Where, where you have like live jazz band performing, live singers, yet at the same time there's some modern aspect of it where it's like I can play like a tabletop game of like Tetris or something. Yeah, like something with like a chill three-piece band and you're just sitting in the lounge yeah. in the back just yeah. reading, smoking cigars. Yeah. <laughs> although, although hookah instead of cigars. I'm a hookah fan too, man. I, I used to work at a hookah bar and... Um, I've since quit. I've since like stopped smoking, partially because I just can't afford it, but also because I'd rather have my own at home mm-hmm. than um, Sinbad's is where I'm usually going because yeah. um, I, I I really like the vibe and the location there. Yeah. But I would want it. To, I would want it to sort of just be like a hodgepodge of different things. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. When I was working at Ford, I lived with two of my friends, mm-hmm. and we had like a little sunroom, and we had to put down like a rug 
because we kept dropping the coals onto the ground. <laughs> We're like, God, the landlord's going to hate us yep. so much for these little square holes. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've seen the burn marks. Oh, yeah. No, my roommate, like, uh, this is also my first apartment when I was living in Arizona. Burned multiple, like, there were there were so many scorch marks around the living room because of like getting knocking over the hookah and whatnot. Yeah. Um, carpet that would that's something that we probably should have thought of. But yeah, just didn't. I'm sure many a carpet has been ruined by mm. hookah coal. Mm. <laughs> but like a twelve thousand dollar carpet, just so I could talk about how we ruined this expensive rug. Well, there goes your security deposit, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. Not happening at all. Oh my gosh. Um, what else is there? Or how do you feel? Yeah, that ruins. T- you're interviewing me. You have to say this is one of your favorite spots. I mean, yes, that's a requirement. Absolutely, he loves ruins. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need. I thanks, I, man. <laughs> I give well, you no, an interview and you no 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 I don't, I don't I, no that's no that's one thing that I'm trying to do that like w- with um, exploring Kansas City and with uh, discovering this place because I don't even drink beer like that just like I don't drink coffee like this I'm drinking roastery air roasted uh, locally uh, local coffee place uh, black well African American and it's <laughs> it's this is an interesting experience so I'm trying I want to eventually I, I think it's Brazilian do, but okay Brazilian. <laughs> Okay, it's it's fancy bean water is what it is. Um, Good bean water. Yeah, but no, I'm try. I, I haven't tried any of the beer, so that's I'm gonna have to do that in yeah. this next after I get paid in this next week. <laughs> there you go. Tour oh, label stockyards. They're, they're the close ones. Okay. Hit them. And then right outside Grinders, Border, uh, uh, Double Shift, and Imperial. Okay. All great choices, man. Kansas City's turned into quite the beer town. Oh uh, yeah. I'm happy well, about it. Well, because beer, barbecue, baseball. Dude, what's not to love? It's a perfect combo. Right? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, I just went to uh, Denver not too long ago, and I was so mad. There's a freaking brewery on, like, every single corner. There's breweries everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want Kansas City to, like I said, uh, friendly competition. I want yeah. to beat the crap out of Denver. <laughs> but I still love Denver. I want to destroy you. With, with love. With love. <laughs> but no, yeah, no. This place, this place. I'm really happy that I found it, and I'm. I hope that more people come in. Not not only just for the atmosphere and the service that you, that you guys provide, but also just for the people that work here. People like you who have so many experiences and so many um, and so much to offer that makes this place an even better destination yeah man we i got a great staff here i i got a a weird eclectic mix of people here i got some you know clean cut people that you know you'd find anywhere and then i got the weird hipsters then i got the graffiti people then i got the the brewery expert people so i mean i got a great mix of people yeah it's it's definitely a spot worth um, if you're coming to Kansas City for the first time, or if you're like me and you turn 21 outside of Kansas City and now you have no idea where to go, definitely, definitely check this place out. Explore. Yes. All right. So with that, I think we are... Dude, it's been great talking with you, man. Thank this you. has been fun. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to do this again. I, I, I hope to like be doing follow-up interviews with people, not only just to sort of keep track of their progress and keep them relevant but also just to open the door so that 
like you like I I want to um, be able to sit down with someone and be like so this just happened let's talk about it yeah <laughs> uh, make 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 these make these people less of um, less of these sort of like like you said less of a corporate sort of figurehead and more of someone that you can just sit down and approach people are people man a person's a person no matter how small (laughs) is that a short joke no it's cold man if i were hitting it off there that was dr seuss that was just (laughs) i just wanted to (laughs) you gotta throw in the short joke at the last second uh yeah that's that's how i am Come in. He's cold. Cool, calm, and at the end, jugular. Des- destroyed. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. I forgot to ask this question, but where can people where can people go to find you? Source uh, information, but what all that? that. Everywhere. Um, we're on Facebook, Ruins Pub KC. Uh, Twitter at Ruins Pub KC. Um, Instagram at Ruins Pub. Mm. No KC. Ooh. Uh, I know. Mixing it up. Uh, I, I don't know which other ones. Uh, yeah, that's it. And we, we more to come. We haven't figured out Snapchat yet. We're <laughs> Snap. I hate Snapchat, but I do too. I, I, I hear it's a thing that I need to learn. It's it, it, it's less intimidating than having to go to a website. Like a lot of. Oh yeah, we have a website too. Ruinspubkc.com. All right. <laughs> so check them out there. Uh, lot of uh, we'll we'll be hearing from Scott again in the near future. And uh, with that, thank you for listening, and thank you for uh, for doing sitting, well, standing up the entire time to do this with me. Yeah, thank you for uh, <laughs> chatting and drinking coffee with me, man. It's been fun. Uh, all right, coffee. I have to pee so badly. <laughs> uh, all right, that's that.